Hi and welcome. My name is Michael Apple. I'm in conversation with Randolph Jorberg. He is the founder of the Hospitality Leadership Industry Action Group, joining me out of Germany. Mr. Jorberg, your reaction, firstly, to last week's stunt by the economic freedom fighters going to the cream restaurant, demanding to meet with the owner there to find out the proportion of local to foreign uh, employee ratio. What's your reaction to that? Well, this probably shows again, you know, the political talent of uh, Julius Malema to listen to the people and uh, probably adding one and one. He understands uh, restaurants or the nightlife industry is in the spotlight. Um, there seems to be money to be made. Uh, and, you know, with record tips to waitresses and uh, some clubs, you know, taking in millions of rands and misunderstanding the reality of the industry uh, that we are just busy recovering from the worst hit our industry has ever experienced, uh, well, possibly in human history, with lockdown, you know, nearly two years of reduced turnovers and the curfew just be having been scrapped, uh, you know, three weeks ago. Now he's seeing an issue that um, has been around for the last couple of years, the issue of foreign employment ratios in our industry and probably, you know, elegantly wanders the path between xenophobia on the one side and, you know, uh, actual issue on the other side. So it's a very interesting situation he got us into. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. The Let's say when the, xen when the xenophobic nature of your statements comes out and it finds a fertile soil with people, it's very often difficult to put the genie back in the bottle. You can't unscramble the egg. It is a very dangerous situation and very dangerous line to walk sometimes. And it is also strange to me, considering the pan-African nature of the EFF prior to the elections and how that narrative has changed from the EFF now. But I wanted to ask you, what is the reality of the industry? A lot of people will know you as the founder of Beer House in Four Ways Johannesburg. What is the realistic ratio between foreign and local, or is it just simply too difficult to generalize? As with so many things in life, there isn't a single truth. You know, uh, every business has their own staff complement. I speak to restaurant owners that have 100% South African uh, staff ratio, and I know of places that have probably 100% foreign owners. You know, um, some of the places itself are foreign-owned uh, by Zimbabweans, and uh, some places, uh, you know, like mine, are German-owned, uh, but actually we don't have a single German employee. <laughs> there isn't a single truth. And the reality is that there is a lot of places that have a high foreign staff complement. Whether or not that is now due to a certain laziness by the owners, not wanting to train and skill up local staff, or, you know... If you ask these guys, uh, they will find other reasons why uh, maybe they have a majority foreign, you know, body of staff. What I find more interesting is to look, you know, at the examples of businesses that managed to 
upskill and train local staff, you know, that come from a, well, disadvantaged background and maybe also from a poor schooling background and uh, find out, you know, that actually if you put the work in and you train these kids, then you get an incredibly loyal and productive and motivated team out of it. In our group, in our action group, there's one fairly well-known person who talks about having 96% local staff. He does yearly audits on it in all of his stores. He says he really gets a huge sense of loyalty and uh, thankfulness from these guys. I believe as an industry, you know, we might need to acknowledge there is an issue we have and we fostered and we might need to find ways to effectively train locals to, you know, make sure that we strengthen the local economy because whether or not the money, uh, part of the money they earn is being transferred to the Eastern Cape or whether it's being transferred to Zimbabwe, in the bigger picture, it does make a difference, you know, to uh, our to our country. I wanted to ask about the reason why the hospitality industry is, at least from a perception point of view, so predominantly full of foreign nationals, whether they are illegal or legal. Is that just because it's a it's a, a low-hanging fruit if you're in the country and you are a foreign national? I've I've seen references to you can be an accountant. Uh, from Zimbabwe who can't get a job in his own country. He's highly skilled. He speaks good English. And then there are business owners in South Africa in the hospitality industry who would see that as an asset. But you're saying, is there a problem with that way of thinking that you're having highly skilled people? There are certain stereotypes, you know, uh, foreign nationals speak better English, have better education. That's not always the case, but there are these stereotypes, are there not? These stereotypes do exist. And I would say, you know, South Africa as a nation needs qualified staff. And if there's a well-educated accountant coming with a legal work visa uh, to South Africa, we should try to find him more work as a qualified accountant. And obviously that now speaks to bigger political issues that are not up to the hospitality industry to solve. Maybe the best use of a qualified accountant's time is not to wait tables at a restaurant. Maybe we should find ways to, to solve this issue because I know, you know, uh, there's businesses in South Africa that need accountants as well. Politicians getting involved in this? Is that the right way to go or this, should this be led by the Department of Home Affairs, by the Department of Labor? Is it a dangerous situation when you have politicians who may be making populist statements getting involved in this? Obviously, I mean, that was just the taste of things to come and it didn't take, uh, you know, four days. And the Department of Home Affairs announced uh, a wave of uh, hospitality blitz or mega blitz actions, uh, at least for the Western Cape, which, you know, in my personal experience is something rather intimidating because suddenly uh, you got police and home affairs officers standing in your in your store demanding the documentation that right initially only the EFF demanded it's obviously you know it's a PR game when it came to Malema but it has ripple effects with the proper authorities so you know one of the industry bodies responded uh, Malema got no right and I mean there's no doubt I mean Malema got no right as a politician 
to go into any business and demand any kind of documentation. It was pure intimidation and a PR stunt. But uh, reality is that uh, the relevant bodies and uh, ministries are listening when someone like Malema speaks up and they do follow through, uh, even though he's not part of the official government. You know, as a shadow minister for everything he <laughs> thinks is interesting, um, he obviously has a certain say, uh, though not official. And already, you know, when he first raised his word, I, I was telling in our industry group, that um you know we better be prepared for some for some reaction i believe you know there is a way to respond of re denying this conversation and there is another way which i support uh, um, or suggest following of an actual dialogue with people's needs and South Africans, South African needs, uh, foreigners needs and find uh, something that's sustainable for the industry and for the country. There isn't a solution to install quotas that is simply unrealistic because as I said, you know, some businesses have 100% local employment, other businesses might have a very low percentage. But um, we do need to find a common sense, a common ground where we say these are industry practices and practices born out of laziness might not be acceptable starting in two years time. And giving businesses a fair chance to, you know, transform if necessary. You've been on the receiving end of some fraudulent and fake documentation in the past. As you say, the laziness, let's say... Uh, business owners not being committed to properly checking the documentation of their employees. Is that common? And you, you have been on the receiving end of this. That's correct. So when it comes to work visas, um, there is a lot of fake documents, copies, and similar circulating. And um, there is a serious issue that we experienced in the past, my business, Beer House, experienced in the past, when trying to verify foreigners' work visas, getting in contact with home affairs proved to be absolutely impossible. So, you know, sending someone's details or scan of a work visa, refugee visa, whatever, to home affairs resulted in exactly zero responses. Whether or not I sent it to personal contacts I had there, whether or not I sent it to the official visa validation email address, there is definitely an onus on home affairs to be more approachable about issues that are core to their, you know, to the organization's purpose. If I as a business owner am not able to verify, you know, whether or not a visa of a foreigner is valid, what chances do I have to now be compliant? If, if it's made so difficult to be compliant, how, uh, what choices do I now have than to possibly be lazy and say, okay, uh, I will employ him hoping that this work visa that I see is true, you know, is correct one. I believe there might also be businesses that are lazy by default, but there's also something, you know, that stops businesses that would like to be compliant from being compliant. Would you be in support of a change in legislation to set up quotas or certain ratios of local to foreign employment across all sectors, including hospitality? Would you be in favor of something like that? It's a complex one because no business owners likes regulation. 
understanding the current legal situation is that uh, businesses, regardless of industry, are exempt from, you know, the uh, equity relations if they employ less than 50 or are under 14 million rand turnover. So most restaurants probably fall comfortably below that bracket. And only above that um, employment or turnover ratio, you are forced to, I think, be in line with the local demographic for the region you are trading in. That is my vague understanding from having spoken to my labor lawyers. How practical is it for smaller businesses to now exactly model their demographics, their, their, their staff body body of staff to the local demographics? Should that threshold be lower? Maybe not 50, but 20 staff complement? I don't know. I do believe there is a certain uh, responsibility that business owners have. And um, I, that might be difficult for some business owners to swallow and understand and or accept. For me, it took a while as well. And uh, to to accept, you know, there is responsibilities that as a business owners owner I have that go beyond my own pockets and that might be difficult for many other business owners to you know come to the same conclusion running a business can't be about the shortest way it sometimes has to be about a, a difficult way being the change you want to bear to be the answer is a maybe thanks for speaking to us all the way from Germany thank you Cheers.